Everybody's talking about Brenton Cox of Florida, right? Right. Here's the guy that left Georgia because of playing time, and he's going to be a starter for Florida. It's possible he starts for Georgia now. He's two years later. It's possible. But he left Georgia because he wasn't going to play in time. But that's the point, is that like that's if you point. are the backup and just now starting, <clears throat> that means the system is working. That that means it's the way it's supposed to happen. Which is why it's Which hard. Which is why he was brought in in the first place. <laughs> Which is why it's hard to pick against Georgia in any single game. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 242 the waiting since last Saturday podcast. I'm joined, as usual, by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, as we sit on the back deck amongst the crickets to talk about Georgia and the SEC finally kicking off college football this year for 2020, and it's about to happen in a few days. The dogs travel to Fayetteville, Arkansas, with a lot of talent and a few questions. Who will be the starting quarterback tends to be the biggest of those questions, but also... How will the special teams for Georgia look as longtime Alabama coach Scott Cochran takes over that role of coaching them up? These topics and more, including the Fun Office Pools Pick'em Contest and the exciting announcement of our partnership sponsor for this college football season of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, are all covered in this episode. So without any further delay, let's just jump on into it. Hope you enjoy the 2020 Georgia Bulldogs versus Arkansas Razorbacks preview show. So should we steal? So, yeah. so, uh, so this is working this time. I don't need to. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. What it's, happened? Les? Is it just like a it's? It's cord? a. I gave myself the bad cord. Okay. So, yeah. and I sound fine right now. So. You do sound great. Yeah. But we have football Saturday. We do have football we, Saturday, guys. We have real football Saturday. Wait, for the record, in 2020, we should never say we That's made it. That's true. Notre Dame does not have say we made it. You didn't. You didn't. I just said there's football Saturday. There's yeah. football Saturday. Yeah, because Notre Dame's not playing. Notre Dame is not playing. Did they play yet? <laughs> yeah. And then I think South Florida also canceled their game, right? Right, because of contract tracing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's the thing Will was talking about. All right, so we are going to... This is, that's what happens when you have ACC and actual, like, big conferences. Yeah. Like, like we talked a couple weeks ago about Austin P and yeah. all of that. Notre Dame is actually going to do contact tracing and say, yeah. nope, we can't do that. Uh, so is South Florida. Uh, Arkansas State is not, which is probably why the SEC is only playing SEC teams. Smart and move. And not playing other teams. So we have Arkansas at 4.30. Uh, is it 4 or 4.30? Whatever time it is. Because I heard the pregame show starts at noon, and they do it for four hours, so I figured 4. Okay, whatever time. I think okay. it's listed as 4. Oh, it's at 4? I had my four. head at 4.30. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the cool part about it to me is that, it, listen, if you have, if you've listened, if you listen to, by the way, fantastic editing job last week, Scott. Thank you. Thank Yeoman's work. Yeoman's work. Exactly the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you if you if you made it through that in the way that Scott did, and you made it through our two hour podcast this summer, you know that we have been on um, we've been a little bit of a sine wave when it comes to getting to this point. And note, I did not say we've right. made it. Correct. What I'm saying is there's going to be football Saturday. SEC will play games Saturday. I feel comfortable in saying that Georgia will be one of those teams. Right. Um, if if Georgia is not one of these those teams, I don't think it will be Georgia's fault. <laughs> I think you're right about that, and that's exactly where I was going. It's yeah. like, so we um, we have some things to talk about with George football. We also have the game to review. We promised Scott because he's having four hours of dental work doing. We would keep this <laughs> under three hours, and um, but, in the morning, not right now. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Hey, I'm gonna basically what I'm trying to do. I, t- I told Tony and then Will that we need to keep this pretty 
short. I mean, short's the wrong word. Let's have a good pace at it. Um, tight. 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 That's right. Taut. Because I'm going to edit this immediately after y'all leave okay. and try to put it up tonight because I'm not going to be able to tomorrow. So, so no I, cursing. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> screw that. Screw that. Uh, so we um, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we actually talked about the game was there have been a couple of pieces of uh, football-related information that came out uh, yesterday uh, in, in with Otis Reese, and we can... If you want to talk about Cade Mays, we can, but I think that guy was just an agitator. Um, his, 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 yeah, whatever. It's whatever. Uh, Cade Mays shot down the, the rumor about his, speaking of dental, dental work, wisdom teeth and not practicing and words being said. The Otis Reese thing. Um, so just a very brief, very the very briefest of the rundown is that Otis Reese released a statement. If you recall, Otis Reese was a reserve safety last year, played in all, all the games. Um, he released a statement yesterday. He transferred to Ole Miss, and um, basically, the statement was had had three primary allegations. The first is he was harassed and uh, targeted by police in Athens. Uh, he was subjected to uh, racial slurs and other racially uh, insensitive activities by student athletes and other students, and he was lied to by Kirby. Um, two of those things are not necessarily UGA problems. They're USA problems or however you want to frame it. They're not UGA problems. The third, the second one, or the third one is... Wait, so you're saying, so you're saying these pulled over by a cops thing. Not, pull, not just pull or harassed by police, right? That's not an Athens-specific thing. I mean, on one hand, yes. On the other hand, for years, the joke has always been... Sure. Uh, you know, know, they, those Athens cops aren't leaving those guys alone. Yeah, but in, in, by no means am I trying to diminish what Otis I know, said. I know you're not. I, I know you're I've not. lived this experience. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is like... Those there are things that are um, they're easily separatable between um, the the stuff that happens regretfully happens to African Americans around the country all the time, and then the real crux of the matter is Kirby lied to me. And when I say the real crux of the matter, I don't mean that from from Otis's perspective. Right. I mean that from as a Georgia football fan's perspective. Um, I think the thing we have to remember, which Greg Sankey re- thankfully stepped up today and said. I don't understand why our schools who voted on this rule have said mm-hmm. you have to sit out a year are complaining about the rule that they voted on. Right. Um, and, and Will, I'm with you. I, I've, I've long had. Um, like, I knew about this joke about Athens for about Georgia football well, yeah, players. The scooters it's before I moved here. Yeah. It's been around 25 years, yeah. right? And it, that is a that that part has changed over time, although it's still there. Um, it has, has changed some for the better. However, you know, that does in that it by no means does that change the fact that um, um, if he was subjected to racial slurs, and I have, I have no reason to doubt that he was, um, that's, a, that's a horrible, horrible thing to have happened. Um, I just I just wanted to make sure that we were clear that we were talking about um, that we were clear about about talking about this in, in the framework of it, I think everybody should be able to transfer at least one time. Period. It just should be a blanket thing. Um, but the rules as they are, if you transfer to an SEC school, and now I'm talking about Cade Mays and Otis Reese, Britton Cox, who will get to play for Florida this and, year. And Britton Cox sat out last year. He did. Yeah. He did. Um, unless you're a grad transfer, um, I it feels a little bit like there are certain levers that, that players can use and their now schools can use that are getting used. Again, I do not doubt uh, for a second – uh, I have no reason to doubt Otis Reese's experience. 
it is interesting to me that th these are things that are just now coming out. Um, and I, th I think the only thing the only thing I would add to that is that I, I'm not sure why he should be expected to bring them out when these things are still uncertain. Like certainly would not help his case to say this before this is settled, right? Like now, if anything, he's actually more free to say he's had this experience while his thing is more settled. Like I'm sure, uh, do I, yes, I'm sure a lot of this is out of frustration. I have no doubt. But I also don't think there's any reason to think that like, oh, well, why is he just saying it now? Well, he's not say he's saying it now because he his case was up in the air before. And now he's he is able to speak more freely. Yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I, I see I'm always I see I'm always hesitant of doing the, well, why now? Well, there's like millions of reasons well, why people would not that. say something in, I, in a certain level. I definitely get that. I do want to – I think it bears to mention Georgia's response specifically to those Reese was – we are happy to share what our statement on Mr. Reese was if he was willing to sound, sign a waiver, right? Because at that point— A waiver of what? A waiver saying that UGA can share it, right? It, but, we're ha we'll happily share what we said about him. Mm. Um, that, that offer wasn't made to Kate Mace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just—I found, I found that whole thing to be an interesting—it uh, was an interesting three-act play today— um, that felt like it was worth mentioning. By the way, uh, the Cade Mays thing I mentioned is that there was a radio personality, radio-ish personality in Knoxville that intimated that he had inside information from UGA that Cade Mays uh, had a wisdom teeth out and did not practice and was called various uh, vulgar slurs indicating he is not uh, man enough to practice with wisdom teeth out. To which Cade Mays pretty quickly said... Um, yeah, no, I had my wisdom teeth out and I practiced because I wanted to practice. Right. Um, which I thought was a very stand up thing for Cade Mays to do and probably made Tom Mars very upset. But you know, whatever, that guy can kiss my ass. <laughs> so, um, unless he's representing somebody trying to play for Georgia, then he's my guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would say that it has not necessarily been the easiest. The University of Georgia uh, athletic program and outside of athletic program has had a difficult fortnight. I think it, it would has, be a fair thing to say. It has been an interesting two weeks. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so having said all of that. Football is here. So we hope it's all good now. Yeah. We hopefully have football not to change the subject, just to simply mm -hmm. provide some context and all the stuff off of that. So um, and can before we get into the football talk, can I talk about something that's exciting for the three of us? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up okay. because we are uh, we are all fans of the bourbons and um I have jokingly uh, the other day, uh, if, if you follow me on, on social media and Instagram and Twitter, I posted I was at Pablo Main last night right. having uh, having the, the drinks and having some food. And I show up here and Scott gives me some very good news. Yeah. So the big announcement is really kind of something that we did last year, if you remember. But we are very happy to announce our partnership from last season is back with us and with SP2 Hospitality, which includes the Five Points Restaurants, the Pine Bar. That's a new name, and we'll get into that. Formerly known as the Pine. Uh, the Root Basement Bar, El Barrio, Tacos and Tequila. Oh. And, of course, the Pub on Main. Plus, Five Points Bottle Shop, Westside, and the new Northside Bottle Shop, which I was at today. And it is, I would describe it as a destination bottle shop. I mean, pretty much any bottle shop's a destination for me, but I agree. That Northside shop is amazing. Yes, uh, and it's right past uh, the the water tower at Athens Tech yep. and the, the Big Kroger. What's the name for that Kroger? Cro the Big Kroger. Oh, I thought um, there was a more formal name. Anyway, go the ahead. really Big Kroger. <laughs> it is. The you can buy clothes name. there. It's so big. Yeah. That, Not at the but, bottle shop, yeah, but at the, Kroger. Well, you can well get, actually, you can't can get clothes. <laughs> So yeah, the, the cool part about what the what they're doing with SP2 Hospitality is they're, they have 
really like we we talked a lot, especially last year about the Pub Main. If you like, I said I'm a huge fan. Um, the the kind of the, the way they imagine food and the the dining experience there. Uh, they have easily the biggest outdoor space in Athens. I mean, I'm sorry, in Watkinsville. They also have one of the nicest outdoor spaces in Athens with a barrio. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. Anytime you start throwing around dollar oysters at happy hour, you, you have my attention. Oh, with the uh, pine? With the pine bar. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's, I mean, that's I have to used to call that's it strong, the pine strong bar. strong work right yeah. there. It's still the you know same surface. It looks the same, but it's more tapas, charcuterie, wood-fired oysters, and with a wine focus because Scott Parrish is kind of a sommelier. I can't believe I pulled that word out. That was good. Uh, a sommelier in and of itself. And so uh, they do have... Uh, you know, daily happy hours and fifteen dollar bottles of wine. Yeah, it's. I mean, in, in their their wine club, which is similar to the whiskey club at the Pueblo mm-hmm. Maine, is spectacular. Um, now, are you ranked on the wine club? You, I know you're ranked on the whiskey. club. I am ranked in the whiskey club. I am not a member of the. Did wine you know club. this, Will? The, uh, I, th- the, I did know this. The, okay. This came up last year. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was in. I was in Pueblo Maine last night. I am very close to the top of the list on the on the whiskey club. We'll be talking about this. We'll, we're actually going to be talking to Scott and Sachin throughout the. The season, if you will, um, but you know, really at the Pine Bar uh, every Wednesday, the chefs put together a selection of cheese and charcuterie for twelve bucks. You can enjoy just the cheese or the charcuterie or both, and uh, and yeah, that's where the the Pine Wine Club, the seventy five dollar annual membership. And yes, we will get into more of this, but we wanted to announce this. Uh, we're excited about it. They're great people over there. So if you do go to one of these establishments in Five Points, tell them that waiting since last Saturday sent you. And I'm always encouraging, uh, particularly as someone that lives in Five Points, of people who have good uh, outdoor areas because uh, yeah. uh, some uh, I think the, the, the best restaurants have been the ones that have respected their clientele and uh, made uh, plenty of outdoor seating available, something that they have done. And frankly, not everybody has. Yeah. So I think that deserves uh, credit in that regard. Yeah, we went to the, the pub on Main on Friday and they took some of their tables from inside and spread it out all over the lawn. And it, there was even more seating out there. And uh, plenty of places to sit, great service, and um, yeah, so I, yeah. I agree. The, the and outdoor keep, and that's too close to my house, so keep the noise down <laughs> when you're there. Some of us are trying to study. <laughs> Sorry, it's like... So football, Tony. Yeah, and by that I mean my children, who are virtually schooling indoors. <laughs> yeah. So, football, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah, so one of the things, I, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up Arkansas. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, and by the way, we are doing fun office pools. We should talk about that briefly. At yeah, the end, briefly, and we'll make picks at the end. Yes, I can't wait. Good. Um, we have uh, we spent a lot of time. Haven't really spent a lot of time going over the depth chart, which is cool because you know Georgia doesn't have one, <laughs> um, which is fine. You know, what? as a coach, Kirby Smart gets to make that decision. Um, although news came out today that JT Daniel is not cleared yet. Which means Juan Mathis is starting Saturday. I'm sorry. Um, if, if Seth Emerson says it, and I agree with him, uh, it's probably true. I don't know. Thanks to Seth again, by the way. For, oh, yeah. For our all, it was awesome, right? So I, I want to take a few minutes to talk about Georgia-Auburn. And I also I think it's worth kind of rolling through some of the other games. Um, if, I don't know if you saw today, the uh, SEC media has come out with their predictions. Dun, dun, dun. Was Georgia on top? Georgia was second in the East. Dun, dun, dun. Although, strangely enough, they got more votes to win the SEC than Florida did. <laughs> um, we, we've danced around this. This feels like a cute pick. I, and mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest about this. This feels like all those years from 
05 to 12 or 13 where people pick Georgia because, I mean, Florida can't win it every year. Right. Right. Um, and, and you can twist yourself in a pretzel trying to talk about that. Well, you know, their quarterback is back. And Dan Mullen's a really good coach. Look, Florida can win the East. I'm not denying that, right? It's probably a one-game season for both Georgia and Florida, which is in Jacksonville. But, and, and we, we made our predictions last week. I picked 9-1. and one. The one I picked was Alabama. Um, I, and I'm not, we didn't pick who's going to win the SEC, I can see Georgia win the SEC, right? I can, really could. But having said all that, it's hard when you look at the talent disparity between Georgia and Florida. And when you look at um, particularly the schedule uh, as it breaks down, you're really predicting Florida to win all of their games and also beating Georgia. We're, if, you're not, if, if, if you're starting with the premise of no one's going 10-0, and the toughest game Florida has is Georgia. Who are they losing to? Um, now, of course, Georgia could lose to Florida. I, that, that's totally on the table. I'm not saying it's not. Um, but we're now to the point with Georgia-Florida where until Georgia does, it's hard to predict they will. And um, I just I just think it's interesting that, that, that Florida got more first-place votes, scored more points than Georgia did. I'm fine with that. That is fantastic bulletin board material. Um, I mean, on these things, I, I generally try to think in terms of, okay, who's who has the best unit on the field? Well, clearly, this can be Georgia in, in any game, but probably Alabama with their defense, right? So you're counting on Florida's offense to be so much better than it was last year. And a lot of, well, those last five games of the season <laughs> after the Georgia game, are, are doing a lot of heavy lifting against the likes of Vanderbilt, Indiana, Tennessee. No, not Tennessee. Who did they play at the end of the season? Oh, Florida? Oh, FSU. Yeah. Right? They didn't play Indiana. That's doing... That was Tennessee. Who did they play? Oh, gosh, that's right. They beat... Um, was it Michigan they beat in the... That sounds right. It feels it feels like they beat Michigan every year in a bowl game now. Um, they, that's doing a lot of heavy lifting for Florida. And I respect that. I really do. I is do it, really is do it the love that. fest with Kyle Trask? Is that kind oh, of? Oh, it totally is. I, I mean, I think, it totally is. I think it's a couple. Of, it does feel like more of a narrative pick, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, not, not just Florida has gotten a little bit better, and they have a more reliable quarterback, and it feels, you know, it feels like they've been building up this. Also, not for nothing, but you know, a Georgia's won every year. B Georgia did lose their expected starting quarterback three weeks before the season started. And that is the sort of thing, for rightly or wrongly, that media people that are not following depth chart up and down on every single team tend to notice and tend to perhaps overstate. Uh, it's a quarterback position. And listen, for what it's worth, if you're looking for uncertainties about Georgia, I'm excited about Mathis, and we'll see when Daniel gets cleared. But clearly, that's an uncertainty. Sure. Like, I don't know how it couldn't be an uncertainty. Florida has a certainty at quarterback. Now, Trask is, I, I would argue that Trask is, is uh, uh, maybe a little overstated in this regard, but he's consistent. They've seen what he's able to do. He's been with the program for a couple of years. And Florida is a team that has generally less uncertainty than Georgia does. Now, if you put talent, 
next to one another. I don't think there's any question. Georgia has better recruiting and, and de- more depth up and down the chart. Frankly, I, I feel like that's um, one of the many reasons I would also pick Georgia to win the, win the SCs is because if there's ever a year that you need depth, it's oh, this is the definitely year. this one. And so, but also, you know, I, as a media person, I know what people keep in mind when they do this, when they do, when they sit down and do this. It is narrative. Who's moving in? Who's moving up? Who feels like they've been improving since over the the current strain? That's Florida. Florida's gotten a little bit better each year since since they've gotten there. Who's got who's got consistency? And who feels like they're ready to make a move? Mm-hmm. Because when you do predictions, that you're, what you're, you're not really every single time someone picks Alabama or Clemson, they're like, "Sorry to be boring," because by definition, we do not want to be boring, and so therefore, you want to be able to say, "Aha." Now, of course, this, the fact that Florida ended up get, get it, winning the SEC East in the, uh, in the predictions is a pretty good sign that, like, your little clever thing about being pre- smart and, and, and being a soothsayer is not original or predictable at all, or unpredictable at all because more people, all these people did it. But that's generally the way this works is you're looking, when people make their predictions like this, it's always quarterback, stability, and narrative. Now, I disagree, and I also pick Georgia, but that's the mindset. I think that's the mindset that they're thinking. Yeah, and with the new offensive, third offensive coordinator for Georgia in three years, yeah. and sure, Dwan Mathis, a year ago, he's recovering from brain surgery, the 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 exit of Jamie Newman, and uh, the fact that a month ago we kind of were crowning JT Daniels as the starter, and he's never been cleared, and technically, and I'm using air quotes, he hasn't been cleared, but I've heard from a couple guys on the radio this week and I kind of agree with Seth and Mike and you know the other guys that talk about Georgia football. We might see three quarterbacks play against Arkansas. Yeah, I think it's possible. In, in Carson, the third, Beck. Card, yeah, Carson, Carson Beck, Beck comes yeah. in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the one of the other things a lot of the, the writers are hanging their hats on, is the fact that we have uh, yet another offensive coordinator. Um, I think this year you find out whether or not Kirby's actually built the Death Star. If Monken comes in... And it's mostly seamless, and the offense runs well. Well, I mean, we've seen that template in Tuscaloosa, and, and one of the reasons why I am willing to say that they are—they're um, there. They have more stability this year than they've had in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just—I just—I thought it was worth mentioning the uh, the pick of Florida as the first in the East. Um, only I think only five riders picked Florida to win. The SEC. Who was third um, in the in the East? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Um, How's it? How, what are the top three in the West? Let me guess. Go ahead. Alabama, LSU, Auburn. Uh, Alabama, Texas A and M. Yeah. LSU and LSU. Okay. And for the record, there's every reason to be skeptical about LSU. I know we oh, discussed yeah. that a sure. little bit in the opening yeah. show. Yeah. But you know, I mean, certainly um, you can make an argument that LSU had everything fall perfectly for them last year. And they got to pay for it this year. It was a dream season. Yeah, yeah. it was a dream yeah. season. And now, Orgeron, I mean, there was a reason that people were were just two years removed from being like, is Orgeron really the right guy for this team? Is he really like that guy? That guy's going to challenge Saban? That guy. Mm-hmm. We're not that lo- fa- that far removed from that. Raw, 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 raw herd mentality. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I do, I, I think it's important to mention, by the way, if you want to ask me who my third team is, it's the Wildcats from Lexington. Um, it's not that I'm against, I think Tennessee is a good team. I'm frankly, a a long-term worried about Pruitt's recruiting prowess. I just think, um, he, he, 
Stoops once again has a, a fairly senior Latin team. He gets a quarterback back that was that was out last year that he led before he basically inserted the human Swiss Army knife in yeah. there as quarterback. Uh, when Lynn Bowden Jr. Was it, uh, did he make his kind of debut against Georgia in the rain? I mean, I wasn't there, but because uh, it, <laughs> it was raining. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think he had played two games before. I think he got hurt against Florida earlier in the season. I think it was Florida he got hurt against. But either way, um, so I, it just I think the interesting, the most interesting part of it. I'm glad we'll use the term narrative pick because that's exactly what it is. It is a uh, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. No, of course it, it right. could happen. Yeah, absolutely it could happen. But again, it feels like those picks from seven, eight, nine, and ten, where you know, don't go back and look at the George Sports Blog guys, but you go back and look at the, some some of my blog posts. I'm like, yeah, if you squint right and you hold your left leg up, and things could go just right. This is our year, and friends, it was not our year. No, especially ten. That was. Oh, I can't. Don't. No, sorry. Please. Yeah. See, no. So, um, oh, I guess seven we won. But either way, but we have a game against our old friend Sam Pittman. Um, and our old friend, Will Friend, um, no, Felipe. Oh, Felipe Franks. That's Will Friend. I assume is on. Is Bobo's. he the offensive line coach? No, I think he's Bill. I think he's Bobo's quarterback coach or something. Okay. I mean, he's probably Bobo's line coach in, in South Carolina. Okay. Um. So to to frame this, let's let's start with this. It's been over a thousand days since Arkansas has won an SEC game. Um. That's like three years. It's it is like three years. <laughs> Who's the is, coach? Then? Luke, um, Luke got at least one, didn't he? Who? No, not Luke. I'm thinking Mississippi. Uh, the other guy. The, the, I don't think Chad Morris. No, Chad Morris didn't yeah. win. No, didn't he win. win. No. Um, was it Bert? It was, it was Bert. Hey, Bert. Yeah. Um, so you know, I one of the things, and I, I alluded to this probably four weeks ago, the um, the craziness of all of this being um, a harbinger of potential upsides upsets in the first week of the SEC schedule. I say all that to say, Georgia can lose this game. It's an SEC team on the road, right? Do I think they're going to lose? No, I do not think they're going to lose. You have a new coach. You have an entire new thing. You have a new transfer quarterback who, frankly, Georgia has done very well against. Um, and you, you're changing your scheme yet again. Um, if you had to play one team in the first game in the SEC, yes. I think this is probably yes. it. Yes. I, I mean, yeah, you can make the argument Vanderbilt, but yeah. No, because at least Vanderbilt at least has like – Continuity, know, the continuity. Like yeah. Arkansas is yeah. starting completely new. Yeah, uh, and, and listen, you know, it's been hard enough for any coach to get like any sort of like everyone's been off. They didn't have spring. Everything's been all messed up. Imagine a new coach coming in trying to figure this out in a place to add one SEC game in two years. You know, I just can't think of a team in the SEC, Vanderbilt included, that you would it's, rather play in the first. Oh, game it's nearly perfect. Yeah, I, and look, I want Sam Pittman to succeed at Arkansas. I genuinely like the guy. Um. But it is. It does feel like one of those mid-season get-right opportunities um, with a new quarterback, with a, uh, a receiving core beyond Pickens that we feel like is going to be good uh, between Jackson and Burton and um, you know who else is is there with Robertson? Saw Robertson, right? And um, Trey McKitty meow, is out, <laughs> uh, probably out. So we'll see uh, Fitzmagic in uh, Darnell Washington. At tight end, and frankly, I think we see. I think we see Cook. I don't be surprised to see see Cook on the field with Samir White multiple times. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if you see them come out and look like a double pistol shot, a double pistol look, and 
you're running Cook or White over to the HMAC or even out to the X. Um, those things are going to happen. So what do you want to see? What type of new formation or play do you want to see with this offense? And we're going to assume Mathis is, is pulling the trigger. It's not so much new as much as competent. Okay. Right? We, we saw a lot of um, really predictable and kind of... Run, run, pass? Not, not just run, run, pass. It's like you. we got to the point in the middle part of the season, end of the season, where it really felt like our mantra was, don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Our defense will keep us in the game. We'll score more points than them eventually. And as a, on a philosophical standpoint, I'm fine with that, right? It definitely worked a lot more than it didn't work. It worked a lot more than it didn't work. <laughs> but the lizard brain to me says, my God, go score points. Um, so some some shots downfield that work. Some um, yeah, I've done I've done a I've done a fair amount of looking at, at game film, not not mocking specifically, and going to other going to websites. It's just kind of like understanding what um, what various offenses look like because that's one place. Like I love defense. I can't explain defenses in a way I can't explain offenses. And one of the things that has consistently impressed me about um, well, you look at Miami start against Louisville, right? They always had some guy open. Always had at least one yeah. guy open. At, at that point, it just becomes a trick. The trick is, do you have a quarterback that can find the open guy? Um, which is Mike Leach's offenses, right? It's like, just throw the open guy. It's not that hard. Um, there were a lot of times last year where we were asking Jake Fromm to throw a perfect pass on every single down. And that works when you have a quarterback as good as Jake Fromm. Until it doesn't work against a team like South Carolina. But the reality is, is that um, uh, the the modern offense, however that looks like, especially when you're not in a standard passing down, you should have a guy open every time. It just you should be able to scheme well because you know what you're running, you know the you know the play, and more importantly, you know the formation and you have the ball. So de- you have to make defenses guess, and we just didn't do that very well last year. Um, so really, what I like to see. I mean, somebody, somebody asked me the other day, so, so what's the score that's going to make you happy? It's not really about the score. I mean, do I want to win 42 to nothing? Of course I do. Do I want to have – do I want to – Jason Priestley? Matthew Nathan. Priestley. Nathan Priestley playing all the fourth quarter with a running clock. you damn right I do. But the reality is, it's like I don't have to have that to feel like I'm happy with the game. I do have to feel like that – Whoever our starter is at quarterback, and whoever our starting our, our first team offense is, they have to look in sync. Mm-hmm. They have to look like, and the offense has to look like it works. Um, what does that mean? When we run pass plays, guys are open on a regular basis, especially on non-passing downs. We're able to open holes for our running backs, um, and not just because we're out manning Arkansas. Um, and probably, probably most importantly, it seems like everybody's on the same page. Right, uh, when you if we run if we run some sort of RPO, uh, you don't have the quarterback and the running back looking at each other with their hands up because one of them was supposed to do something the other one didn't. That first time that Mathis runs the RPO and scampers for 16 yards, I'm going to be able to hear you cheering down in South Oconee. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to because it didn't happen last year. Yeah. It didn't happen the year before because it couldn't happen physically with the quarterback we had, and that's not a shot to Fromm, but it just. You saw him try, and it was kind of like, oh, they're they're not fooling anybody. Yeah. Again, uh, and this is true, but you know, it's also worth noting that 
we'll see if Dewan Mathis ends up making it to the NFL someday. But if he uh, does not, and I don't think he's generally considered someone that is uh, on a skyrocket shot to that, uh, Kirby Smart is about to have his first non-NFL quarterback as coach of Georgia. And I think that is not nothing, right? And I think as as we, as people that have watched Georgia, um, Faton Balta seems like a very long time ago because of all that's happened since then. But we've been kind of spoiled, not just with Georgia's success, but frankly with quarterbacks. We've been very spoiled with quarterbacks. That is not to say that Mathis is not going to be good. I think he's going to be good. But like, the last, we've been watching two NFL quarterbacks in every single game of the Kirby Smart era, we may not see, we may not see that this year, and I think that that is going to be a difference. And it's Arkansas; they're going to crush Arkansas. I'm not sweating that. But to me, I don't think there's any reason not to. This to me, we need to fight, find out what Georgia's got at quarterback, and 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 I, and I feel like I know that I focus on this a lot on quarterback. Like, come on, this this who's been winning all these national championships lately? It hadn't been the teams. There there are no Trent Dilfers winning national championships in college football anymore. And so, like you know, I, I mean, not to be funny, but probably the last. I mean, well, I mean, I guess Jalen Hurts last year with Oklahoma, right? And. No, I mean to win the national championship. No, I mean just get to the playoffs. Oh yeah, even to play exactly. And Hurts is right. Also, like really and Hurts with Alabama seventeen, <laughs> right. and, and and is also in the NFL, by the way. And so you know, I think that that it is going to be an adjustment. And listen, maybe Mathis shows up and he's like from from the very get go. From we saw and listen, we forget that from in some of the first couple games was a little. Wobbly, but it always felt like this dude's in charge. This guy's going to get it, and he kept proving it, proving it, proving it. Most freshman quarterbacks are not like that. Most quarterbacks are not Jake Fromm, and they're not uh, Jacob Eason. Like that, mo- that's not we. Even if Mathis is good, he's probably not going to be able to do some of the stuff that Eason and 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 Fromm were able to do. And so I agree that the offense is loosened up a little bit. Uh, I think it was loosened up for Jamie Newman, and now we'll see what we've got for Mathis. But I do think that there's adjustment that maybe even fans need to make a little bit of what kind of quarterback you have. And maybe Mathis is more than... I mean, yes, and I'm, his story is great. He is... He's been... Uh, he, he has certainly earned his... He was recruited by Ohio State. Like, this is not a nobody. Yeah. But, like, certainly the idea that, like... Georgia has been very, very spoiled by excellent quarterbacks. The entire Kirby Smart era, to me, if they that that is why people are picking Florida, is because if you have a bad quarterback situation or even a not great quarterback situation, it can derail everything you're everything else you're trying to do. We've seen that throughout SEC teams for many years now, mm-hmm. and the question is whether Georgia Georgia is that, and we can say. They're excited about Mathis, and Daniel's got to get cleared. He's going to be great. That's awesome and great. This team was counting on Jamie Newman being the quarterback, and we can say all we want about whether uh, about how Mathis is there ready to go. But like they were planning on Newman being the quarterback with good reason, and were surprised like we were with that he opted out. As Seth pointed out, probably a mistake on Newman's part, but that doesn't matter now. Yeah, he's and, not here. And so. For me, that that is the big, big question. What I'm looking for more than anything else in this game is to see. I mean, 
Georgia has national championship expectations. They will have national expectations every year, and these are your quarterbacks. That's not to say they don't have, they have talent. They obviously have talent. They play football for Georgia. <laughs> they are obviously very talented people. But uh, big questions uh, for quarterback to me that are uh, uh, it feels like it's going to be. I would argue it's going to end up being the question of the season, particularly with a new offensive coordinator. Also, particularly if Mathis doesn't look good in the first game. Yeah. Right. People got, like the, the 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 questions about Daniel whether he's ready or not. Like right? no one's really sweating it too much now whether he's cleared or not. Right. Because Mathis feels like he's going to be starting anyway. Yeah. But if Mathis goes up and and even if they win, say they win by twenty, but he throws two interceptions mm-hmm. and it doesn't look good, people are going to be freaking out. Oh sure. And with good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the one of the things that gives me a little comfort is Mathis has been on campus eighteen months. He was early enrollee. You know, I mean, remember he was talked about in the general quarterback race last year until he had the brain surgery um, in June. But um, you know, the the thing that make that it continually puts me in a position of like, yeah, Florida, but is Georgia's defense? Um, I saw recently we had like seventy seven percent of our starts back, like eighty six percent of our tackles. 80% of our sacks, like 94% of our passes defended or something stupid like that. I mean, uh, it's going to be a rare game where Georgia's defense, or Georgia's whichever unit you want to put on the put up, line, linebackers, backfield, is not the best unit against any team we play. Um, maybe Florida's linebacker, I mean... Um, Alabama's linebacker core, maybe. Uh, maybe Auburn's defensive line. Maybe Florida's defensive line? But that's it, right? Tennessee's and, offensive line? Um, I, I can't, it can, Cade Mays gets to play, although yeah. um, I think Greg Sankey settled that today. Um, <clears throat> but, I, look, I think our everybody's like, well, Georgia's offensive line, they lost so much. Yeah, I, it's just, here's the thing. Um Maybe I put too much trust in Matt Luke. Maybe I put too much trust in our offensive line recruiting. But there's not but one guy that's going to play significant snaps on the offensive line that didn't play significant snaps last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they weren't starters. That's fine. But, you know, I mean, Trey Hill practically – I mean, he he played as much as any starter last year, right? Um, And then when you start looking at uh, people like – Broderick Jones or, um, you know, I mean, Schaefer played a bunch. Sailor played a lot. Uh, Sawyer played a lot. Um, Cleveland played a lot. And Cleveland's a fifth-year senior, too. He's a fifth-year senior. It's not like we're we're going to count on a bunch of freshmen. I mean, Broderick Jones is probably the only freshman we'll count on on a regular basis. So, um, but getting back to the defense, uh, you know, I just, until, I, until we see the defense implode, it's going to be hard for me to pick against Georgia in any one game. There's so many names, and it goes so deep. I mean, you know, Nolan Smith does not roll off your tongue when you're listing all the the four starters, you know, along along the defensive front. And he's quite possibly the you know Roquan Light. Yeah, you know, or Nicobe Dean. Uh, Tyson Campbell's kind of buried back there on the on the cornerback. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's crazy when you when you see when you like you, you start Malik Heron, Jordan Davis, 
Jordan Davis is a junior. His backup is Julian Rochester, who's a redshirt senior. Also, Devontae White or Julian Rochester will start beside them. And then you go Monty Rice, N'Kobe Dean, uh, Tyreek Stevenson or Mark Webb and the star, their nickel. And their backups are Quay Walker, who's been here forever. Channing Tindall, who's been here forever. Um, Walter Grant, who's been here forever. Adam Anderson, who's been here forever. And, I, you know, I know there are people out there who's like, yeah, but they, they couldn't start it. They couldn't even start. It was like, <laughs> well, they can't start because they're playing behind guys that are going to play in the league. I mean, they, they play it. Georgia. They play at Georgia, <laughs> yeah. right? And the fact that, look, I mean, Otis Reese is a good example. Otis Reese left because he wouldn't get playing time. I'm sorry. I thought this was the whole point of stacking classes. That's the whole point. Up. And this is the year for it because 2020 is the year of death, baby. It, it just is. It just, there's a, like the same, the same philosophy is like, well, we can't pick, pick against Alabama because of death. Well, I guess we'll pick Florida. <laughs> I'm just saying that every single time that like Alabama has like an offensive lineman who doesn't get to start and he transfers somewhere else, he immediately becomes the best lineman mm-hmm. at whatever team he goes to transfer for. Well, I mean, everybody's talking about Brenton Cox of Florida, right? Right. Here's a guy that left Georgia because of playing time, and he's going to be a starter for Florida. It's possible he starts for Georgia now. He's two years later. It's possible. But he left Georgia because he wasn't going to play in time. But that's the point, is that like that's if you point. are the backup and just now starting, <clears throat> that means the system is working. That that means it's the way it's supposed to happen. Which is why it's Which hard. Which is why he was brought in in the first place. Which is why it's hard <laughs> to pick against Georgia in any single game. Um, with the possibility of, of Alabama. With the possibility against Alabama, we'll worry about that in yeah. a couple weeks. Um, although maybe in a week we'll worry about that against Auburn, but whatever. Right. We'll see what the, how this week goes. But to, to me, that and I think that's the question, though. I think that's why I would also argue this is one of the reasons I agree that Georgia should be picked over Florida. I would also argue, however, if we may do an overarching theme to the season, though I touched on this last week, um, one of the reasons that Georgia fans are pushing back so far so hard on the idea that Florida would be ahead of Georgia is it's alarming, like we talked about with Seth last week. If Georgia takes another step back this year, oh yeah, I mean that that the the I don't think that if Georgia loses a really tough game to Florida and loses to Alabama and goes eight and two or whatever number we land at, that that means there's something wrong. I don't think that means that Kirby Smart can't win the national championship. I don't think it means he can't win the big one. But people will say that. <laughs> people will freak out because, again, just like we talked about last week, that's what happens if you get this level and then you get slightly farther away that year, slightly farther away that year, and slightly farther that, that year. I would argue, even though I think picking Florida over Georgia is wrong, the very strong reaction that Georgia fans are having to that prediction is has a little bit of projection to it. It has the idea like, well, wait, if that happens, maybe the closest we are going to get is that national championship game in Atlanta, which is everybody's fear, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's fear when that happened. That was everyone's fear. Is it like, oh, we got so close. We got so close. But here we go again. But that's okay. We're going to get there next year. But in the back of your mind, there was this little guy being like, oh, maybe that's as actually as far as, as close as we get. And so therefore, when you see Florida picked ahead of Georgia this year, you react to that strongly, A, because it's probably wrong, but B, because... If they take a step back this year, there's there's going to be hell to pay from a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, so looking at what Arkansas brings to the table, I mean, 
they do have they do have some pieces. I mean, we talked about Frank a minute ago. Uh, Raheem Boyd is he started. I've heard of him. Texas A and M, right? And he's and he's now at Arkansas. He had like five or six hundred yard games against SEC opponents. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, not the virus. And um, when I fell on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're, they're part of Arkansas's problem is they're as big a mess on the defensive side of the ball as they are offensive. Right. Um, the offensive side of the ball is structural because uh, what are they running? Uh, defensive or offensive? Offensive. Offensively, they are. They're going to switch back to a little bit of a. Uh, they're not going to be as much power as yeah, they're as not Bert, Bert right. but they're going to be certainly less. You know, fun and gun. I mean, Pittman's a coach. I mean, right. like, they're not going right. to. They're not going Mike Leach. Do you right. think we might see kind of what we saw with Georgia a little bit offensive um, last year? They'll probably their line schemes will probably be similar. Yeah, their line schemes will definitely be similar. Um, but defensively, you know, they do have uh, a returning All SEC linebacker and and uh, Scoot Harris. Um, but defensively, their their issues is all recruiting. I mean, and that goes back. I mean that goes that literally goes back to Bobby Petrino, where, well Petrino, I mean Petrino famously wouldn't even meet with defensive player. He wouldn't recruit defensive players, right? Um, Bert at least would try to recruit defensive players, but I mean Arkansas Arkansas has a hole to dig out of. I mean that's part of why I think Pittman can succeed um, because he he can get down and talk to the big nasties, uh, but they're just they're two or three years away from even be you know, like being past. Mississippi and Ole Miss. I mean, the hard part about the hard part about for Sam Pittman is he's a he's a baby coach in the same year that Mike Leach, who's pretty good at turning programs around, <laughs> and Lane Kiffin, who is probably still one of the better young coaches, yeah. despite what happened at Southern Cal. <laughs> it is weird that like right? if, if if you had no if you'd only had like the last five years of his career and his age. You'd be like, oh my gosh, this, this guy's, guy's up a What a coup yeah. from, from Mississippi to get yeah. yeah, when did he coach the Raiders? Like 10 years ago? Um, yes. Yeah, so I was long in that. Yeah, it was, he was four years old. Um, I, I continue to say. I mean, Al Davis was alive. True. <laughs> when did Al Davis die? Uh, I mean, like 1947. By the way, did you see, <laughs> I mean, did you see Mark Davis on Monday Night Football and that yeah. haircut he's sporting? I don't know. Have you never seen this haircut? I don't think I'd ever really he paid much attention. He gets his haircut the same place and has for like 40 years. That dude. Yeah, he is. Um, God, what, there's a movie. Hold on. What's the movie? Oh, no. It's like it, he feels a little bit like the daughter of um, Jack Welch from oh, 30, 30 Rock. Rock. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> like, it, I mean, Mark Davis does feel a little bit uh, like the daughter. Geis, right? uh, yeah. Yeah, the Geis' yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Jack Welch. Geis' yeah. daughter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when... Kathy Geis. Kathy Geis. Wow, that's that's great recall. So, I mean, look, Georgia's going to out-talent Arkansas. If we win this game 24-7 and look incompetent on both sides of the ball and special teams, I'm going to be nervous. That... Brings me to pretty much my last question: Special teams with Scott Cochran leading it. I mean, have we had a, I guess, bona fide special teams coach? I know we've had a couple guys coach that, but remember that was famously what we'd complain about in the early years of this podcast with Mark Rich, Mark Richt coach teams. There wasn't a special teams coach. Well, I mean, I think Shane Beamer was that that role in seventeen eight. But there wasn't anything special because when he came here, we thought we were getting Beamer ball, and it didn't happen. Well, I mean. I mean, we we had Isaiah I mean, Blankenship hit a fifty-something yard field goal in the 
Okay, Rose Bowl? okay, but he was special. He's he and in the national championship game, a lot of people forget that. I, that's what something... Rodrigo. Yeah, no, I'm talking. Look, I, I know the kick. The kickers to me kind of stand alone. Like you know, maker and field goals. You either have a guy with a booming leg, or you don't. You want but big when, plays. I want. I want. About. I don't even want big yeah, plays. I, I, hear I want. What you're I want competent plays. Like. Like uh, being able to sniff out a fake because it seems like Georgia will always fall for a fake, and then we can't execute a fake. Speaking Things of, like that. Speaking of, there was a great piece on Pat McAfee, who was the West Virginia punter, ran the fake punt against Georgia and the Splendid Ball. Was that him? I, I used to like yeah, him, and now I don't. I don't just, think I, I like. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Either way, that, that I, checks I can't, out. Because, I can't forgive that. Yeah, they spread. I, if I recall correctly, they spread, spread all, all the way out. I am in in section oh, 744, yelling, "What's the fake?" and they didn't listen. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that was that. They never listen. Pro dude this yeah. yeah. I'm he jumps pro. in the lakes and when yeah, they're at game really, day. Yeah, perhaps not surprisingly, I'm not a McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do pro you think? Dude. So special teams, I mean, we don't know, but with Scott Cochran, I was super impressed with Scott Cochran at Alabama. And the fact that he's here, I and mean, we did a whole podcast before the pandemic about Scott Cochran. Yeah, so I think, I, look, um, it really depends on how much leeway Cochran gets, right? Um, Kirby coaches, he doesn't coach scared, and I do not mean to intimate that, but Kirby coaches um, to the margins. He's like he's like a perfect mathematical, game theory optimal poker player. Um, he tries to make sure he does the thing every time that maximizes wins and minimizes losses. Um, frankly, I think that's why you... Uh, I, I think that's why you saw my favorite play happen so much on Rodrigo, mm-hmm. right? I, you would tweet that to us, or no, you would text Will and me on a text thread, because my, my favorite play. Fa- it's my like favorite every play. Every time. Uh, because I think I'm still... Did you want a response or not? No, I'm, okay. st- I'm still I'm still this, damaged goods from all the years with the directional kicking oh under Rick. And this is the thing with him, right? Like, that's not, I have to say I'm a little worried about this because... There is going to be a bad special teams play sure. at some point this year. And a bunch of people are going to point at it and say, okay, they only brought in Cochran to like troll Alabama. or to Remember, that is what everyone's reaction was. Yes, People's reaction were not, oh, our special teams are going to be awesome Yay! now. The reaction was like, take that, Saban. Right. We took your guy that's in car commercials. <laughs> we took your guy that everybody in Tuscaloosa loves. Like, that's what it was about, which is great. It was awesome. We all had a fun moment with that. But now he actually does have to coach the special teams, which I feel obliged to point out. It's not a job that Nick Saban ever wanted to give him. So, you know, I think that that is something to keep in mind. At one point, a kick is going to get blocked. A someone's going to fumble or someone's going to make a mistake on a punt return, and people are going to freak out on Cochran. Like, the, uh, and and maybe he comes. Have you seen up with Georgia some... Tech special teams lately? Their, about... their punter is super thick. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking about their team. field goal kicker. I love their punter. Every uh, kick has gotten blocked. I think. Yeah. Like they like four of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, six or eight. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, feels but, like that. If that happens to Georgia, that's also probably not Cochran's fault. Yeah. yeah. That feels like a kick. But, but, but bring, that's the point. You right? bring up a good point. Yeah. And so, I mean, look, I mean, I think Jermaine Burton probably returns kicks and punts. Um, Cochran is, if Kirby, where I was going with this, if Kirby lets Cochran run special teams, I think we'll see more returns. Right. I mean, I think the. Um, well, I mean, Seth alluded to the the Kevin Butler story mm-hmm. uh, last week, and the Kevin, Kevin Butler story, which is the actual story, is that he had talked to the coaches up top. The coaches up top told him, "Hey, tell Kirby that we think 
and I don't remember who it was, should do a return here. So he goes over to, to Kirby and says, hey, let's do a return here. Kirby calls the return. The dude bobbles the ball, and we lose yards. Didn't lose the ball, lost yards. And he's like, you don't effing call plays. You're a graduate assistant. That's, that's what he, like, mm-hmm. literally, that's what it says in the book, right? That's Kirby's mindset, right? Mm-hmm. We we cannot sacrifice um, competence for um, big plays. And I agree. And I feel like I feel like special teams are kind of like uh, um, like umpires. Like if everything's going right, <laughs> you're not like you don't know the name right of yeah. the umpire. Yeah. Like if everything's going right for special teams, you're not really worried about this. Like the reason Beamer was so exciting is because special teams had, there was no coach before, and it was just like a big deal. Like I feel like special teams are a thing that like first do no harm, right? On special teams, and then if there's extra thing wrinkles you want to throw in, that's great. But like first do no harm, and that's the I I again I know. So would you describe George's 2019 special teams as Angel Hernandez or Joe West? Not they're both. Oh, <laughs> they're both a lot worse than the 2019. No, special a guy you've never heard of. Exactly. That's the whole point. Is that like I would argue before we've definitely I I would imagine, I would argue that Georgia Tech's current special teams yes. are both Joe West and Angel Hernandez. Okay. I would actually argue Angel Hernandez. Joe West is not quite as bad as Angel Hernandez. Yeah. But um, but uh, but no. So like for me that is that that that's what you want in special teams. That whole Cochran thing. I know it's cute, I know it was fun, and I know it was Troll and Saban, but like you do actually need him to coach special teams, and all it takes is one mistake and people are going to freak out. I mean, so realistically, what you want in special teams is um, good special teams are perfect blackjack play, right? You, you play perfect blackjack, nothing bad happens. It's a push. Um, what people like are craps, Right. Everyone remembers, if you ever play craps, and I love craps, if you ever play craps, you remember two things about craps. You remember heaters. Always remember heaters, right? You always remember the 94-yard touchdown pass. Todd Gurley, I'm sorry, 94-yard touchdown return. Todd Gurley against Clemson, right? Um, you also remember the um, You also remember the, the, crazy, um, the crazy beats. People, someone... Everyone rolling seven around the table, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, and I think Will's right about that. You um, you do remember the you, you have a tendency to remember the the highs and the lows, and what you really want is no one to notice, no one to notice. Um, I kind of my thought on this well, is like I mean, we are facing uh, Arkansas, who let. North Texas pull off the one of the most oh. the craziest special teams play ever. Last well, I think year. that's why Chad Morris is now the offensive coordinator at Auburn, right? That play I mean, was kind of cheating a little. I still insist that play is kind of cheating a little bit. Oh. The the fake the fake fair catch play. I mean, that guy could have gotten killed. Yeah, I I if that feels like against the spirit of what football. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I just think it's awesome. I'm just trying to protect democracy here. Okay. okay. And I, and I want to keep things within. I the think garments. we all agree on that. Well, most right. people, we, you and I, not agree on that. all of you us and agree I agree on that. that. You and I agree on that. I would Scott, like to think Scott, that Scott also that. agrees that democracy is good, and our listeners do. Yes, so I would um, hope. You would hope. You would think. So when it comes down to special teams, uh, it looks like Jared Zirkle is going to be our place kicker. I love and that our name, kickoff guy. Um, if you if you don't remember, there's not going to be a drama about his scholarship unless the kids pull. <laughs> Um, is his dad good at writing letters? 
Interesting question. Um, by the way, pour some out for our, our friend uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, who Will has on his fantasy team. Uh, making the team. Week. There's a great there's a great athletic story about him playing Legos before Very he found out. Story. It's Very just it's a really good story. Rodrigo um, is catnip for sports. <laughs> That's he great. is no and he is he is so Indianapolis too. Yeah, the yeah, best part about it, he's just like perfect for him. And the thing is, they're just finding out. It's almost like they get to open. They're opening a present that we it's opened so years precious. ago. Precious. And, and it's fun like to a, read and watch how they're they're embracing it. And so he's a perfect guy too to take over for like. He took over for Adam Vinatieri, like probably the best kicker of all time. Yeah. Definitely someone that probably should not be kicking anymore. But it's but like yeah, so I feel like that he kicked be for Tampa, spot. right? Oh, I'm sorry, that's yeah. the quarterback yeah, they brought yeah, in. Um. <laughs> so, but no, I I do I think the fact that we were talking about special teams and talking about how the quarterback looks is a pretty good sign of how we feel about Arkansas. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's the overarching thing of this. You just couldn't ask for a better. better. First game, and to have it be a road game, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got that like out of the way. Good... We talked about that a couple yeah. weeks ago, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Well, do you want to go ahead and make the fun office pools Let's picks? Let's do it. All right. We got the games lined up. We're going to start with the unimportant games. By the way, I've watched college football the past two weeks. It hadn't... I've, it's been something missing. I mean, it, it is it's interesting. It's been missing the SEC. I know, but they've been boring. Know. The games and the matchups. Oh, there have been some really Maybe it's because I've watched games. Tech. Like UTSA, North Texas was a fantastic... Fantastic game. Yeah, I do think the I problem that is one. that A, the SEC isn't playing. Yeah. But B, it's not like, like the, think about the leagues that are playing. The ACC and Big 12 the last few years have really been Clemson and like other teams. Yeah. And Oklahoma and, and, Oklahoma and, and yeah. maybe someone else makes a little bit of run. And I, I would argue that the Big 10 has been a lot more wide open. Absolutely. The SEC has been a lot more wide open. I would, like, the problem is, is if Clemson doesn't, the biggest story in the ACC or the Big 12, really for many years now, has been did Clemson lose or did Oklahoma lose? And if they didn't lose, there's not a ton of reason to pay attention. Uh, and I think that's kind of been a problem in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. All right, so we will start on Saturday. Uh, we got the midshipmen. No, we have the the Black Knights of Army. Two ranked teams. Two yeah, teams. Army's ranked. They're two and zero. They're traveling to Cincinnati. They beat the brakes off both teams that played, and they're playing at Cincy. They beat Middle Tennessee forty-two nothing and La Monroe thirty-seven-seven. They get their defense is playing. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're playing at Cincy. Cincy's pretty good. Yeah. I think what, uh, Cincy's, that game is uh, Cincy a uh, small favorite, right? Fourteen and a half. Cincy's yeah. a fourteen and a half favorite. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the chalk on that. That's too big. Wow. But by the way, we're not taking points. We're of just course. picking winners. Yeah, the, the, but it's still fun to talk. By the way, yeah, the spread spreads. is purely for information. That's too purposes. big for me to get cocky about. Yeah, or cute. Yeah, yeah. I said. All right, uh, Arkansas, I mean, Louisville. Army. Last time we saw Louisville, they were getting boat raced by Miami. Uh, they go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, whew, look out for them. They have uh, they're ranked twenty first. They're both ranked. Louisville shouldn't be ranked because uh, they laid an egg. Um, but Pittsburgh's going to be wearing alternate jerseys. The powder blue. They no, <laughs> no. They're wearing something that's black, silver, and like deep navy. And I sent out a tweet, uh, kind of saying how much I love schools that have alternate uniforms that don't include their primary colors. It's like, you know what? Let's just put it in a barrel and create something new. That makes zero sense to me. Uh, Even if they look cool, I still will hate the uniforms. Uh, I'm still going to pick Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh's defense, S&P Plus, is uh, top five. And uh, I've long thought that it was was Notre Dame that was going to threaten Clemson. And I still think they can, but 
Pittsburgh defense looks like the real deal. Yeah. I'm taking Pitt. Uh, then Georgia Tech, uh, they they thought they were great, but you realize that fun. Florida State's not that good. Um, they got destroyed by Central Florida last week. They go to a terrible team at Syracuse. Tech's favored on the road. On the road yeah. at Syracuse. I hope they don't have to get touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. The Dino Babers uh, boomlet has deflated a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I still feel like. Man, imagine if Georgia Tech would have won that game last week. They'd have been ranked. Like, they didn't have a chance of winning that game. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah it's going to piss me off that Georgia Tech might actually be they're not the good. reason why Central Florida is the discussion. Yeah. For, so. uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia Tech. Give me I'm, Syracuse. I'm going to take Syracuse as well. Uh, all right, now we're in the SEC. Hey, games! Vandy. SEC games. SEC. Oh, you said Vandy? Games. Yeah, I said Vandy. Oh, yeah, They're sorry. a 30 and a half point underdog at College Station. A&M. <laughs> I think I'll take A&M. Yeah. The, the confidence points is going to go way high. Yeah. I'm going to actually move my confidence points this year. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that hey, dog. I we selected, didn't, we I didn't mean, talk about rankings yet. We should. Well, okay. Yeah, I know. Because there's somebody <laughs> not named me that's uh, way up at the top. Or not named Will. Uh, all right. Mike Leach travels to Ed Ogeron, so Mississippi State goes to LSU. Welcome to the SEC, Mike Leach. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, have there ever been two opposite coaches as much as Mike Leach and Ed Ogeron? I have a feeling they'd get along in some weird communication fashion. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh, tell me about the War of 1812. Exactly. They well, definitely, see, uh, my pirates and I, they... It would not surprise them. me if uh, they both watch OA, uh, One yeah. American News. Oh, I, think, but I so, don't think there's any surprise that they, well, they would both watch One American News. That's yeah. And, yeah. And Rochambeau What's brought that? him to Valdosta. That's the thing that... that, that uh, Mike Gundy. You should Mike subscribe Gundy to Mike Gundy's uh, yeah. blog. Okay. He's 50 now, I think. Yeah. He's 40. He's, the Solid Verbal guys made a case for this to be... An interesting game. Like, if you're... I could see that. Like, listen, they've got an okay quarterback. If it were the fourth game of the season, yes. But it's just... But LSU's got tons of, like, who quite knows what we're getting from LSU That's why I think they could be right, because, I mean, mean, Jamar Chase is gone, Joe Burrow. Yeah. It could be a letdown game. Brady's gone. Like, those. Yeah, Joe Brady. I mean, look, Mike... You gonna pick Mississippi State? Mike Leach... No, I'm not picking Mississippi State. But Mike... But, like, like... If you read the we talked about the perfect pass last week, and one of my favorite stories in that entire book, it's the story that's passed around Mike about Mike Leach. I mean, Chris Brown talks about it in his um, in his book uh, about football. about yeah, right, smart football, and um, it's just like what well, Mike Leach is like. What are you seeing here? It's like, well, I was doing this. This is like this guy's open. Fucking throw it to him. Like, Thanks, and I'm sorry, sorry. I cut. But that's, that's a direct quote, yeah. right? It's like. It's like, but that's Mike Leach's offense. Like, throw it to the open guy. And um, I think this game could is going to be more interesting. It could it's be CBS. There's going to be a moment. There's going to be a moment where we look over in the first half and we're like, yeah. in the Georgia game, we're like, oh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, over there. Mm-hmm. interesting. I still early. feel like LSU ends up winning, but I bet there's some curious things. That so you think happen. maybe one don't cover the seventeen and a half? I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Kentucky at Auburn. Auburn's uh, notoriously slow starting the season. What do you think? I really is there going to be an upset? Well, we're figuring this out. Is there I really to- want to pick Kentucky here, and part of the reason I want to pick Kentucky is exactly that. Um, if Kentucky has any designs on winning the East, they got to win this game. Sure. Right? Um, I don't think they do, but this is another game. What time is this game? This is a four thirty. 
this is a night noon. game. Noon. No, it's noon. Noon. Yeah, it's it's 11 a.m. Oh, this game. Oh. Dude. South Carolina special. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, I st- uh, this is another game that we could all be watching late in the third quarter going like, Guys, this could happen. Right. Um, you asked about. You said about the the upsets. This is one of those things where like each one of these games is unlikely to be an upset. Yeah. But combine them all together, there could be one. One of them is likely. Yeah. There's one of them is likely to happen. Yeah. Which is why I just picked right. Kentucky. I mean, can, yeah. And you should. I mean, Kentucky is the one that I think is most likely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tennessee is favored in Columbia, South Carolina's Columbia by three and a half points. I mean. The- South Carolina wins this game. It's a favorite. I mean, look, Halinski's not even the starter, right? Um, the the Mike Bobo experiment in Columbia, uh, he brought in his quarterback from Colorado State. That guy wasn't that good. And, um, I mean... If, Lots of riding on these couple of dudes this look, year. Look, there's two coaches that are... If there's a hot seat, there's two right. coaches. Yeah. Boom, until Lester sent Mason. And let's just say Mason has everything to do about Vanderbilt and their structure and their finances. But they get boat raced by Tennessee, and the only game they win is Vanderbilt. Look out. I mean, uh, look. No question. Will, Will Muschamp is the offense, uh, defensive coordinator at Louisville next year, right? He is just not – he's not – he will not be head coach of South Carolina. Well, guess where uh, South Carolina plays next week? Louisville? At Florida. <laughs> not great. <laughs> I still – I – I, I pick Tennessee. I agree. I, it's worth noting Tennessee has had struggles in the beginnings of seasons before. Last year, by the way, Georgia State friends. Yeah. So. Uh, and that game's at uh, seven thirty, so that'll be fun watching that'll after good, Georgia like, is done. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Then we got a, a, another seven o'clock kickoff: Alabama at Missouri. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. I also pick Alabama. They're favored by twenty eight. Can, can we talk yeah. about uh, Drinkwitz's? Uh, sure. Thing? Uh, I found that yeah, I, said I liked this, your tweet. I said this to the WSLS. Uh, the uh, the idea that uh, uh, Drinkwitz has said that in the interest of like we shouldn't be screwing around with public health, I will go ahead and let everybody know which players have COVID and which ones are let out because of contact tracing to let because it feels like not something that you should care about competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you are uh, for the record, is absolutely the right thing to do and what all coaches are doing and I guarantee you made every other SEC coach go <laughs> this yokel this ain't gonna make it in the SEC does he think he thinks Missouri's in the Big Ten right yeah <laughs> yeah no kidding but uh, yeah I uh uh, I will say, if you are someone, many people in Missouri are skeptical of Drinkwitz. I think nationally, people are very skeptical of Drinkwitz. I mean, he wears glasses. Yeah, yeah what a <laughs> schmuck, right? Uh, but I would say that uh, those that would be concerned about him uh, being a maybe a, a good person, but not the right fit for an SEC school, that would be uh, fuel for their uh, for their for their uh, engine there. Yeah. Though I would argue again, he is in fact right, and it's the other coaches that are wrong. But those other coaches will be wrong on the way to a forty-two to seven win. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first part of the sandwich of uh, Alabama, then at Tennessee, and then at LSU start for Missouri. Yeah, those guys will be wrong in twenty-six when Drinkwitz is not wrong. All right, and then uh, another nooner. Uh, Florida goes to Mississippi. That's eleven a.m. local. Lane versus Dan. This to me is the most likely upset. Oh my God, you're my favorite, Will. This is my. I don't. I'm not ready to pick Ole Miss in this. However, 
I think there is going to be one upset this weekend, and I do think this is the most likely. I mean, look if you if you if you were to be a just a clear-eyed, objective person about this, Florida's better. Yeah. Florida's better. If you want to squ- squeeze narrative, um, you get John Riz Plumley, Plumley, who ran for all the yards against LSU mm-hmm. last year. You get Lane Kiffin, who is going to throw the kitchen sink at Dan Mullen. Literally throw the kitchen sink. There'll be multiple fake punts in this game, right? He's been waiting a long time to coach this game. Right. He's been waiting a long time to coach this game. <laughs> and he is he is ready to show out. Um, do not be surprised. This, this is a new game, right? Yep. Do not be surprised if Twitter is lit the hell up at 345. Because this game has got some craziness going on. It is altogether possible. I I can't pick rational brain cannot pick Mississippi. I gotta pick Florida. Lizard brain's like, give me the laners. <laughs> you gotta fit you gotta consider it. And I'm just saying, well and we'll we'll talk about this on the post game show. There's gonna be one. Yeah. Like this like never minding the odds going in that way. Ever like this is the most un SEC, like who knows what's going to happen? This right. year is insane. Right? Like who knows who's going to not suddenly be able to play? Uh, come, like they're all getting tested probably today, so we'll know on Friday if there's certain. No, people we'll know Saturday gonna... kickoff. Yeah. So like that's what I mean. That like lots of weird things going. So it feels like there's going to be one upset. I'm not going to pick a single one, but I'm going to pick a collective one. Uh, so I th- I agree. We can all pick the uh, the uh, the favorites, but. Also, Scott, how about those Mississippi uniforms this game? By the yeah, way? the powder blues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Nothing is going to make you feel like SEC football is back than a noon Florida at Mississippi with those powder blues. Yeah, that's going to be, gonna be a good way to get it back. Also, it's going to be 107 degrees and they're growing out sweet tea <laughs> with only 4,000 people in the stands. <laughs> the Grove is close. By the so, way. The to, is and, close. and also for all of these SEC games, I, every SEC school is allowing fans. Is that right? To some extent, uh, is there anybody that's I not? So. I don't think there's don't anybody know. that's not. No. Okay. Yeah. No, there's some uh, again that are allowing more, and some people that. And th- I'm actually very curious to watch that uh, because listen, I, I I'm on record as saying I don't think any I don't think Georgia should be allowing fans to games. But for what it's worth, a I'm going to go, <laughs> and yeah. b um, um, I also think that Georgia has been careful and like you just see from the seatbacks. Oh yeah. You see from how you can't sell. If you go, if you want to go buy tickets to our game right now, if you don't buy it in four, you can't. Like you cannot buy even on the secondary markets. You cannot buy. You Just cannot. One. You cannot buy one, two, or three. Yeah. You can only buy four. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so, expensive. And they're, yeah, they're pricey. <laughs> yeah. And you have to buy four. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I do think that they have done a good job. George has done a very good job of doing their best to keep this as safe as possible in a way that I'm not necessarily sure every college football program has done so far. Yeah. Now we'll see how that works in practice, but yeah. I do think they've taken precautions that other teams have not taken precautions. Some schools have, but not yeah. every school has. Again, it may not matter, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think Georgia's having as many fans. I don't think there's a lot of teams that are – Schools are having more fans than what Georgia is having. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten with the Big House. And, um, I mean, some of those stadiums that hold more people. Um, Tennessee, for example. Tennessee's different, but, like, I don't think the Big Ten is going to be allowing fans. And that's altogether possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about what we think, how fans are going to be 
next week because we'll have Georgia Auburn to talk about. Um, but it's going to be interesting because there were the, the memes were out uh, over the past couple of weeks with some of the the way some people were piled up with each yeah. other. Yeah, and right. I for the for what it's worth, I again we'll see, but I think Georgia has done again as someone that thinks they should not have fans there, but if they've done everything that they can mm-hmm. to. So you, have to, to you, have to wear, you have to wear a mask in and out of the stadium. Yeah. You're allowed to take them off when you get to your seat. You have to stay in your seat back. The seat backs are literally there specifically mm-hmm. to keep you in that. Like, yep. that's the idea, right? Like, yep. that's why the seat backs are putting their foot where they are. So, we'll see. But, uh. And Georgia's not the only SEC team that's done that. No. I've seen that at, at uh. I've seen that at Auburn, for example. Um. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes this weekend. All right. So, this weekend. Georgia goes to Fayetteville. Hmm. You know what I think? What do you think? I think it's going to be a slow start, slow first quarter. Defense will be fine. I'm talking offense. I'll be shocked if we jump out to a 14-0 lead after two possessions. Uh, However, if y'all remember that uh, South Carolina game from 2018, the one where it you know, Georgia was clearly in hand, and then they hit the gas in the third quarter, and it became a blowout. Uh, with DeAndre Baker, had a pick six, and uh, there was a couple other defensive plays. I know Richard LeCount had a pick. Um, that's what's going to happen, in my opinion. Arkansas might score a touchdown. That's going to come in the third or fourth quarter after Georgia's kind of let up. So I think the final score ends up being 35-7. That sounds about right. I, that sounds about right to me. I would I might go a little higher, like a forty two ten. Yep. Maybe, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's probably about right. And uh, yeah, uh, I I think to me again, I'm I'm watching the quarterback. I feel like that's that's the thing, and I'm not sure how much you're gonna learn because Arkansas again is not just a lesser SEC team, but a starting over. Uh, lesser SEC team, so I don't know how much we to learn, but that that's what I'm looking for. I would like to not have this be a let's just hand it off constantly for the first get our 24 to to three. Unless it's Amir's breaking all kinds of runs. Yeah, I don't want a crockpot. I want a blowout. Yeah, and uh, I think if you I think if there's curveballs in this game, people are going to get nervous about Auburn. Yeah, question. So you know. There are three things I want to see. One, I want to see how they incorporate Cook into the offense. Um, the second thing I want to see is offensively, just what we look like, right? How and I think I don't think we're going to be vanilla early, um, but I do think we'll get more vanilla through the game. But I want to see some things we talked about earlier. Do we have open guys? Can our quarterback find the open guys? Um, what that looks like, right? And the third thing I would see is just how good the defense is going to be. Uh, the reason I laughed a minute ago when you said 40, 41-10, and because I was the whole time I've been thinking 37-10, which is like a nearly perfect middle between the two of you. Yeah, That's uh, our baby, Scott. It's our baby. It's our baby, yeah. So, um, and that doesn't mean if we win 24-7, I'm going to be mad. It just depends what it looks like. And I think it's important that we don't worry so much about the score uh, because there's a lot of context here for us to take away from how we look. Because... It's going to be different. We have an offensive, new offensive coordinator. We have a new quarterback. Quarterback been here eighteen months. By all accounts, the team is behind him. Um, but we know the defense can be really good. 
What's going to excite me, even if we don't score very many points, if the defense just smothers them and shuts them down, like completely, utterly shuts them down, I'm going to get really excited about that. Um, and again, you want to be careful because Arkansas could just be that bad. But, I mean, it's still an SEC team. If, if we hold them to 200 yards offense, they don't get they don't get inside the 35, and we have our way with them defensively, which I'm not predicting that. Obviously, I predicted 10 points. Um, it's going to be – there's going to be calls to be, like, really excited. Guys, there's there's an actual SEC football game this week. Yeah, and, you know, the other interesting thing Simple. is this is the beginning of our sixth football season together oh doing 15, this podcast. 16, 17, 18, 19. You're right. You're good at math. I mean, it's just it's crazy to think that we've been doing this. So I guess this is season six. Yeah, we've come a long way since sitting. We it's funny we not even, did not even make a big deal about this in the way we have in years past. Well, I've, I feel like I've, there's a lot of things I usually make a big deal out of that I've not made a big. It's deal a whole out different of world. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, democracy is, still pro democracy. Very absolutely. important. Absolutely. A peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. But anyway. I am. Uh, I will say that I'm very excited. We're still doing this because um, there were some dark times during the summer, and when and y'all know what those times were. I'm like, guys, we should podcast. There were dark times a little over a month ago where I thought. I mean, personally, where oh, I said, yeah, we sorry, should, sorry, we sorry. should text. I mean, I was texting y'all, yeah. we should podcast. And they were like, um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really want to talk right now. I was like, <laughs> yeah. guys, please. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, when we did the schedule release podcast. I was like, oh, this is cute. Precious. Right. Look at us. Yeah, there was Precious one where we, we jumped on Zoom about a month ago where you were, you, 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 didn't, even have a, you didn't even turn a light on. Like <laughs> you were just sitting in a dark room. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. That's, that's right. Football. That's right. Guess and for what it's football. worth, I was hardly alone in that thought process. And again, if anything, I underestimated how willing people were to just put their head down and plow through. And whether we, and again, you know, I've written a lot about this. And I've struggled personally with this about the idea of what is right to do and what is wrong to do, and how it is hard to wrap your mind around the fact that there is football going on when my children, my first grader, is getting first grade over Zoom. Like, there's a lot of those things. But I guarantee you, at four o'clock on Saturday, I will not be thinking about those right. things. And, uh, and frankly, I, neither will your first grader. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that is uh, uh, that trade off is necessarily worth it, but I will not be thinking about the trip. And for, for the record, I know people who are mm-hmm. like, I know people who are, but like, you know what? I can't, I can't, and I, and I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. I understand. But, but I also understand the idea of like, you know, what? I just want to watch a freaking game and I want to get away from this. To me, uh, I wrote a lot about this with baseball when baseball came back of, I wasn't sure baseball was doing the right thing for what it's worth. I, it, I think they have proven the doubters wrong. I think baseball has been successful, and there does not appear to be anyone that has gotten sick, truly, really, really sick, or died because of what they've been doing. And I mean, uh, at this point, Freddie Freeman has probably been the sickest, right? Oh yeah, I think he's going to win the MVP. <laughs> so and he should. <laughs> or, I would or, vote one Soto, but that's I'm a stat. Maybe you think you think um, Ozuna will finish top five? Yeah, that's a Cardinal fan. That's the first thing they hear. But yes, uh, <laughs> um, I'd give it to Duvall. Duvall's having an awesome year, I know. Uh, but uh, anyway, I do think Freddie Freeman is going to win the MVP, and I think he probably should. Uh, but more to the point, that like all these questions that we've had about sports coming back and what this worth it and what and the trade offs, I still feel like these are. I I am 
firm in the belief that as a sports fan, you can chew gum and walk at the same time. And I can be questioning of the larger societal priorities without sitting there watching a football game being like, how can you be doing this? I'm just not going to do that uh, because life is really hard for everybody right now. And uh, if you're telling me I'm going to get sat down and watch a football game uh, with my family uh, on, on uh, Saturday afternoon uh, on uh, what has been a truly beautiful week of weather uh, in this town, um, I- I'm, I'm not going to turn that down. So I'm excited about it. And frankly, it's fun to sit and talk to you guys about it, about an actual football game that's actually going to happen. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I had a conversation with somebody I work with who opted in for tickets and she was like, just, ugh, I yeah. can't even, blah, blah. I'm like, look, you can live in a world where you can be, you can feel like this is not the best thing and be kind of upset by it, but also be excited by it, mm-hmm. right? There, human, There is human capacity for duality here. And we don't uh, live in a in a human capacity for duality. Age. We do not live in a but but there we are those are of us in fact capable of it. There are those <laughs> of us that are light enough to embrace it. And I am one of those people, right? Um, if you would if you would have asked me, should we be playing football in a perfect world? Probably not, right? It's just it, it just there are. Although the the further we go in this, the more it feels different than it did even a month ago. Um, but if you were to also ask me, are you excited about football happening? You're damn right I am. I am fired up. And I am, Saturday is going to be, I mean, I think the appropriate term is shit show. I mean, it's just going to be crazy, right? <laughs> it's I'm, not going to be like a Georgia football game that we've seen before. No, it's and not. It's really not. But they will be wearing the red pants yeah. and the white jerseys. And there's gonna, something I kind of like about them playing a, a road game against a team that they rarely play and a team they rarely play in. I think it will help transition us into the weirdness of yeah. this. Like, it would almost be weird if, like, hey, game one is Florida-Georgia. Yeah. Sorry, Georgia-Florida. Florida. Yeah. And, but, uh, like, game one is Georgia-Florida. That would be almost... Too much. Well, Georgia, South Carolina is even more weird, right? Yeah, if we like, were somehow yeah. at Arkansas, yeah. it's like, yeah, sure. You know, so this is looks like good. last year yeah, at yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah. It was okay. like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. So, All guys, right, we, we got to do this. It's happening. Let's do that. We we made it. We have made it to this point. Probably, <laughs> probably. I have one. We'll be safe out there. And hey, uh, what, what's uh, go dogs? Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with our post-game show on Monday, and then we'll get ready for the home opener versus Auburn. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. Special thanks for SP2 Hospitality for sponsoring our 2020 season of shows. When you're in Athens this fall, make sure to stop by the Pine Bar or El Barrio Tacos and Tequila for dine-in or carry-out. Remember that El Barrio has one of the best outdoor seating arrangements in all of five points. And good luck to the football team as they travel to Fayetteville this week. We'll see you on campus next week. And as always, go dogs.